I'm Alex Melleris. And I'm Kai Seifu. And this week, we're talking about the Colorado Avalanche. Um, I would first of all like to say that it was very nice to watch a good team, but I recalled earlier this season, was it, it was either the first week or the second week, we did the Arizona Coyotes, but we ended up accidentally watching them constantly just by the teams we picked around them. And uh, now we're back to that because half of the games we watched this week involved either the worst or second worst team in the league. Yeah, no, it's it, we've had a steady dose of like Carol Vejmelka, and I still don't know how to pronounce his name. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I don't know what it is, but it seems that we keep we keep going around watching the Coyotes. Against our own will, we're not picking them now at this point. Um, but yeah, you're right. It, it was, it was, it was a nice, it was a nice change um, to see a good team that we picked for being good, and then they continued to be good throughout this week. Uh, and they picked up, you know, seven out of eight possible points. Uh, and yeah, it was, uh, it's what you kind of expect from a juggernaut that was rolling, you know, prior to this week, and they just kind of continued their dominant stretch. And uh, yeah, it just looked like a team that was rolling. And there were some question marks that I'll get into later. But uh, overall, I mean, this is uh, this is arguably the best team in the NHL right now, and they, they they played this week just like they were. Yeah. So the first game they played this week was against the Seattle Kraken, uh, where we saw Nicholas Obe Kubel score two goals for the Avalanche. So he scored the first goal. They were down three one at a certain point. Uh, then they came back, scored. Nazem Kadri uh, scored the winning goal, and I want to start with with him. Uh, because actually, we're going to get to this later, but the All-Star teams were announced this week, and Kadri wasn't on it. Uh, and that just so happened to coincide with people seeming to realize that Nazem Kadri is having a career season by a mile this year. He's on pace for something like 130 points over an 82-game season. Uh, and even if he slows down back to his normal pace, he's going to shatter his career highs. And uh, he looked great in this game as well. Uh, I want to know what what your uh, what your thoughts are on Nazem Kadri and maybe like why this year of all years is the year he's finally breaking out or is it as much a mystery to you as it is to everyone else? Um, well, I think it's it's a combination of factors. Uh, when it comes to Kadri, uh, shout out to him, got him on my fantasy team, greatest pick of all time. Uh, I'm certainly reaping the rewards. Uh, but I think really it's his you know second year in Colorado. Uh, and it seems that he's kind of really found a groove in that second round role. Third, uh, third. All right. Um, but yeah, it, it seems like he, and he's surrounded by talent. Well, he was always surrounded by talent. Um, but it seems that he's really kind of built on that connection with Burakovsky is what I've noticed. Uh, and you know, the, the, the crazy, just the sustained jump that he's had this year, um, the degree to which he's, uh, you know, kind of gone ballistic with his point production, uh, is still a bit mystifying to me, but you know, we, we knew this whole time that with Kadri. Uh, you know, he, he's uh, a very good second line center. Uh, and it seems that, you know, this year he's taken that leap to basically elite number two center status. Uh, you know, you'd argue best in the league uh, at, at, at that position. And uh, it's part, part of why the Avalanche are just so damn good, right? Uh, you have that world beating line, uh, first line, but then, you know, you got Nazem Kadri being absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and uh, he's, he's, in, he's on your second line uh, where on most teams, that kind of production uh, would be uh, definitely a, a first line kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the goalie that played in half the games this week, including this game against the Kraken, was Pavel Francouz, who's missed a lot of time over the past couple of years with uh, with an injury. Uh, he's back now. I think he's yeah he's played four games this year, uh, and he hasn't been great. And Darcy Kemper's been like 
okay this year, I guess. It, as, at best, maybe we could say okay, uh, which has been enough to bring the Avalanche to first in the Western Conference. Uh, Pavel Francouz, though, he looked pretty shaky in this game, I have to say, especially on, um, what was it? I think it was the Kraken's second goal. It was the, yeah, it was the Jared McCann goal. It was just a bad angle shot. Didn't deflect off of anything. Just kind of leaked right through him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is, and this is the point that we've, uh, we've kind of belabored about the Avalanche, uh, you know, over, over a stretch of time when it comes to their goaltending. Uh, lots of question marks, uh, starting from, you know, Kemper, but also down to Francois, where he's been so injured that he's not really a reliable backup. Uh, and yeah, you said he's all right. He's, you know, your league average backup. You wouldn't want him to be like a 1A tandem type. Uh, and yeah, he, he, he looks kind of weak, right? Uh, funny enough, I thought, you know, between the first two games of that week, um, against the Kraken and the Pred, I thought he ended up being the better goalie out of the two. Um, just because, uh, you know, we'll talk about the next game, but Kemper was awful against the Preds, I found. Uh, but yeah, Francois, he didn't he didn't look great. And so the goal, one of the biggest questions, that, and, you know, it's we've had this quite, these questions for the last, what, two years with the Avalanche, is the goaltending. It's whether it can hold up. Uh, so far, it's uh, really held up is probably the most you can say about it. Uh, Kemper hasn't been particularly good, uh, and but still healthy but not particularly good. Uh, and, uh, you know, if there's one part of the team that'll sink it other than Jack Johnson playing like 17 minutes a night, uh, it'll, it'll definitely be the goaltending because the roster stuck, uh, stacked elsewhere. Yeah. Well, the roster construction on the avalanche uh, last year when we were talking about them or everyone was as a Stanley cup favorite or like right with Tampa Bay in the very top tier. Um, what people were praising was the, you know, the amazing forward depth and the uh, depth that, forward and defense really and you look at the contracts and you say when you are getting bang for your buck at pretty much every player on this team that gives you the flexibility to build an incredible roster then over the summer they lost a few players they lost uh, Don Scoy in the expansion draft they lost uh, who else did they lose I know he wasn't the only one anyway they lost a couple players and I was a little bit skeptical of the way Joe Sackick went about filling out the positions because he didn't. He didn't go out and get much. Um, he was kind of hoping that internally within the organization, players would step up. And he, the players he did go out and get, I was like, really him, Darren Helm? Are you sure that's your going to play him on the fourth line? Uh, Jack Johnson. That seems like a terrible idea, which I still think it is. But um, the depth players, like here's here's one that I was really impressed with, Valerie Natushkin, but who I'm more speaking to is guys like Logan O'Connor, Alex Newhook, uh, those younger players who are on the fringe of the lineup who have stepped into bigger roles, and uh, guys like Nicholas Abe-Kubel, because when you're you know working around the edges of your roster, you got to be able to pinpoint players on the waiver wire. And I remember we were watching Abe-Kubel when he was with the Flyers in the bubble back in summer 2020, and they were saying on the broadcast, oh, this guy's great. This guy was on waivers earlier this year, and no one picked him up. Fast forward a little over a year, he's back on waivers again somehow. The Avalanche pick him up, and he's uh, he's producing very well in the bottom six. And I actually, I looked into his career statistics this week, just from watching the Avalanche. We watched 20% of his career NHL goals, three out of his total 15. <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty crazy. Uh, and uh, yeah, no, it's it, it Sack's ability to really fill out the bottom of the roster uh, with quality depth. I mean, you know, and and young depth. You got you got guys like Tyson Jost, uh, who's you know, 
playing a solid role in the fourth line too. Uh, and it's really up and down the lineup. I thought I was particularly impressed uh, with that third line with Obey Kubel and, and Yuhuk and, and Confer, um, particularly earlier in the week. And, you know, when you got, when you got, you know, production from your third line. Uh, and I mean, mind you, they, they played, they played most of this week without Landis right. Who was out uh, with COVID and Nishuskin was, was a solid plug in on that first line. Uh, it's just, they, they come at you in waves um, basically the entire game. And it's, it's hard to stop offensively um, where, uh, you know, they're, they're just able to score. And it's like, you know, really the top nine, uh, at least from what I saw this week, um, it was, you know, they're, they're, Always, they were buzzing, you know, and they're they're able, they're all three lines are able to generate their own offensive production and sustain offensive pressure. And when that's the case, uh, you know, it, there's not much you can do defensively because you can put your top guys out there, but they can't stay all there out. Uh, they can't stay out out there all game, and the avalanche of depth is just is just too much. Yeah, um, I think I noticed about the avalanche mostly in these first two games, not against the Coyotes. Uh, their penalty kill looked kind of weak. And yeah. I looked it up, and they are, their penalty kill is 29th in the league this year at 73.58%. And you know, with all the talent on your team, even though it is mostly offensive talent, you'd think a team this good would have a penalty kill that's better than this. Uh, and my working theory is that Jack Johnson plays on the penalty kill a lot, and that sinks what would otherwise be an, an average penalty kill to among the very worst, ahead of only... Montreal, Winnipeg, and Vancouver making it the worst in the United States. Right. Yeah. No. I I, I noticed the same thing when it came to the penalty kill. Uh, they 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 look like they're flat footed uh, a lot of the time, and uh, I I think the Jack Johnson observation probably isn't a bad one. He's on the first penalty kill unit. Uh, I don't know what the, the coaching decision behind that is for Jared Bednar, uh, but uh, I wouldn't advise it. I wouldn't advise having Jack Johnson on the first of anything. Uh, you know, and yeah, it, it will, we'll, 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 you know, we'll see if they can, it's definitely is like one of their main points of improvement that they need to go moving forward, um, is the penalty kill because yeah, it, it, it's lagging big time where to the point where it, it becomes a pretty big red flag when you're watching them. You're like, you know, this team's so good. Um, but you know, they, they, if they, if they let up goals on the, on the penalty kill on a pretty regular basis, uh, that's, that's how you, you'll find yourself losing to worse teams. Yeah, uh, against Nashville in the second game also, uh, it was 5-4 overtime game. I'm pretty sure, yeah, the uh, actually, Duchesne scored the fourth goal for Nashville and the winning goal in overtime, both of them on the power play. And I think the personnel on the ice for Colorado in overtime on that penalty kill was Eric Johnson, Jack Johnson, and I want to say JT Comfer was the one forward on the ice. Uh, and in overtime... If you're the Colorado Avalanche, I don't care if you're killing a penalty. Get out, you know, the likes of, I don't know, McKinnon, McCarr, Landeskog, Rantanen, Kadri, that type of player. Because if you put out McKinnon, Rantanen, and Kale McCarr, even if you're killing a penalty in overtime against pretty much any team, you should be at least evenly matched with how good those three players are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, especially in these, you know, smaller penalty kills, right? Like the, the four on three, uh, where, you know, the individual talent does make more of an impact, uh, instead of, you know, like a, like a, like a power penalty kill structure. Um, it really doesn't make sense to have Jack Johnson as one third of your, you know, skater personnel out there. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a questionable personnel decision for sure. Uh, and you know, that's what you get, right. You get the Pred score and the winning goal there. Uh, and, yeah, it is. It is a philosophy. I think that league wide needs to be examined a bit uh, when it comes to personnel on the penalty kill. 
Uh, they tend to favor, you know, slower, big-bodied guys uh, who can, you know, box out, box out the opposition. Um, but you know, I think the league probably does need to take a stronger look at just put your skilled guys out there. Uh, not only do they have a better chance of, you know, really challenging for the puck um, and playing well defensively. Uh, you know, you might you might just get a shorty. Uh, you never know, especially in a circumstance where there's so much ice, like you know, like a four on three. Yeah, the other kind of the, the clip from this game that was making the rounds was Andre Burakovsky scoring a goal while Mark Borowiecki was injured on the other team down on the ice. And obviously, when 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 this type of thing happens, it happens every every one or two years. So I say, we see someone score a goal while a player on the other team is clearly not fit to play and it looks you know it looks very gruesome gruesome and, and awful when that type of thing happens uh and some people call for a changing of this rule where if a player is injured on either team the play should immediately be called dead uh i just can't foresee a world where if that change did happen we don't see theatrics and embellishment go way up if this rule is altered too much and so my i think that rule could or should stay as is um and i actually i'm pretty sure it's currently written so that a referee can you know use their judgment that if a player clearly needs to be tended to at that moment then obviously you know the play goes down but i think if it's immediately wiped away like, oh yeah, if there's an injury, the play's done. And we're going to see a lot of scoring chances start to die on a defensive player pretending to be injured. Yeah, I think this is one of these cases where, uh, these rare cases, where referee dis- discretion is probably the right way to go uh, moving forward. Because, uh, yeah, it, you, you leave the door open for that kind of exploitation if you were to be like, you know, it's an immediate whistle of the players down. Um, yeah, obviously, you know, things like if that player is in, you know, danger of, if the, you know, the puck's in that area uh, or like, you know, the puck finds his way like under him um, where, you know, at that point it makes no sense. Uh, you, you blow the whistle, but you know, the, the play moved on and you know, he, he was behind the shooter uh, when Burakovsky ended up scoring. So, you know, I, I don't have like, I don't think this is an issue worth amending um, because a, it is so rare, but B, you know, we have that referee discretion that I, I think uh, keeps the players safer and doesn't really compromise the integrity of the game uh, when it comes to potential, you know, flopping. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with you on that. Um, in terms of, like, the big picture for Colorado, um, I, look watching these four games, wouldn't pick them to win the Stanley Cup this year. One reason for that is I don't trust the goaltending enough. Like, I could no. so easily foresee Darcy Kemper you know, faltering in the playoffs and their plan B is Francois, who I trust even less. And reason number two is Jack Johnson by himself. Uh, <laughs> I We've harped on this. So uh, we saw it happen to the Penguins in the bubble yeah. against Montreal in 2020. The Penguins were a much better team. Jack Johnson, every time he was on the ice, it was great A scoring chances for the Habs. It was just, just shoot City on Tristan Jari if you want to. I don't know, maybe that just made up a... a, a term that doesn't make any sense but you got the idea jack johnson is a matchup nightmare for the avalanche any team they play against especially uh even if it's you know the worst team that will make the playoffs uh all your away games 
the opponent the opposing team is going to be matching up their best players against Jack Johnson as often as possible and you're cooked. Uh so I think the Avalanche if they want to have uh, to improve their odds at a Stanley Cup, step 1 is a very easy one. Scratch Jack Johnson, don't play him again. You have plenty of better defensemen in your organization. Uh and step number 2 would be somehow address the goaltending, maybe go for someone to be like more in tandem with Darcy Kemper. If you still want Darcy Kemper to be your guy, like we trust you going into the playoffs, I can get behind that, but I need a stronger insurance option than Franco's. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you on, on both of those points. Uh, yeah. J- Jack Johnson on an NHL roster doesn't make sense. Jack Johnson on a Stanley cup contender is, is borderline absurd. Um, you know, we, I, I don't, I still really don't understand the talent evaluation of things. Uh, when, when you look at Jack Johnson and you see what he does on the ice, I don't, I can't fathom wanting him on my team, wanting to acquire his rights and have him play on a regular basis. Um, and even then there's like, you know, there's more talent available on this team, you know, within the organization to replace him. Um, it, it's not that hard. I mean, uh, hopefully, uh, Bowen Byron comes back, um, because, you know, announced this week that, uh, he had some lingering concussion symptoms from earlier in his career, so hopefully he can get healthy. Um, but once once he does come back, if he, if he does, you know, fully healthy, um, you know, guys like you know Ryan Murray, who's typically like the seventh defenseman on this team, uh, it makes no sense why he's the seventh seventh guy while Jack Johnson's out here playing, you know, more than he should, and more than he should is you know anything above zero. So uh, yeah, that and yeah, the goaltending it, you can't trust it. You can't trust it. You need an upgrade. Sackick should have made an upgrade uh, earlier in the offseason, uh, you know, earlier than when he was forced to basically give up a, a King's ransom for, for Kemper. Um, but yeah, moving forward, you need to shore it up. Uh, playoff goaltending is something that uh, you, you'll often see swing a series, even if one team happens to be better, their goaltending can sink them. Uh, and yeah, Kemper, Francois, just there's no faith in that tandem at all. Uh, and even you look at the games this week, they really showed you why. Right, the the team ahead of them, the team in front of them was able to make up for them, um, but you know both goalies had weak games uh, and, and let in a bunch of goals that they should have saved, and you don't want to see that from a team like Colorado uh, when you know they they need to be winning the cup in in the next couple of years while they have all these contracts locked down. Yeah, and a team that's so good like Colorado is, you don't want to see like just a couple of players kind of ruin it for everyone. Yeah. Um, that. Defense. There, there was someone else in the defense though. Now I can't remember who. Uh, in addition to like Kale McCarr, Devontae, Sam Major, or whatever. Anyway, that's a pretty insanely good first three. And then of course you know McKinnon, Landeskog, Rantanen, Kadri, Burakovsky. They've Joe Sakic and even the well he's been there for a while. I, he drafted Nathan McKinnon. I'm pretty sure Joe Sakic. Anyway, um, you really see in the makeup of their of their roster that they nailed kind of this combination of drafting and developing and also making trades because the premier superstars in their team were all high draft picks. Uh, and then, you know, they filled in the more secondary, I guess, players, Kadri Burakovsky, Taves, Gerard, through excellent trades. And so it's a great job Joe Sackick's done. You just, you would hate to see uh, this one, you know, league minimum signing off of the PTO kind of ruin it. <laughs> we're really leading into this jack Jones is going to cost the avalanche the cup aren't we um because i saw it happen fought. once i saw it happen to the penguins i believe it's gonna very easily happen again 
Yeah, he's two years older, too. He's two years older than when it happened with the Penguins. He's that much worse. Uh, the aging curve has, has progressed that much more. Uh, and, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> One bottom pairing defenseman could sink your whole fucking season, your whole dynasty in, in one swoop. Um, yeah, I yeah, yeah. I, I should honestly, I should have kept him as my fantasy team name. Um, Would have been very relevant, but uh, it's okay. We'll go oh. with the big money Cody CC instead. Yeah, I wanted to uh, shout out Natchushkin as well because he made. He's been having an excellent year. Uh, yeah, averaging like about point seven five points per game. I think it's a career high for him. I can't imagine it's you know far off. Um, but he made especially one play against um, the Coyotes in that last game that really impressed me. Uh, or wait, was it a? It was one of the Coyotes games. It might have been an overtime. I don't remember. Anyway, he made a kind of like a power move from the outside. And, you know, kind of turned in, um, shouldered the defenseman a little bit and got a great scoring chance in front. That reminded me of the winning goal that he scored in the bronze medal game in the World Juniors against Canada in 2013. And I don't know if you... Do you remember Nachushkin's career arc? Because it was really interesting. Uh, I mean, not not the particulars. Why? What's what's up with him? All right. Because so so he was drafted... 10th overall in 2013 Mm -hmm. um the many thought he should have gone higher but slipped because of the fear he would go back to the khl he didn't go to the khl he went straight into the nhl from being the 10th overall pick he went straight to the dallas stars top line with jamie ben and tyler sagan he had a pretty good rookie year yaramir yager when asked who's going to be the best NHL player in five years, said Valerie Nichushkin. He said Valerie Nichushkin is going to be the best player in the entire world. You just wait and see. Uh, Nichushkin didn't get much better after his rookie season. He went off to go play back in the KHL, and I want to say around 2016 or 2017. Uh, and I thought, all right, is he, you know, is he ever going to come back? He did come back a couple years later, back to Dallas, signed a contract, didn't go well. He got bought out signed with the Avalanche, and all of a sudden now, he's back to being a 10th overall pick caliber player, and he's playing in the middle six on an extremely reasonable deal and a, a, a very, very key part of this team. Yeah, that's pretty, that's, uh, <laughs> that's crazy as hell. How old is this guy? Like, like 26? Yeah, he's only 26. What do you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's crazy. It's pretty crazy. He got, he got Selkie votes last year, eh? I didn't know that. Um, uh, oh, do you remember? Selkie voting. And, oh, wait, wait, it was... It was, I think, it was the nineteen twenty season. I think, the year Drysital won the Hart Trophy, um, and mm-hmm. the Art Ross, and everyone was like, "Oh yeah, Drysital's gonna win the Hart Trophy." And then Evolving Wild was like, "Actually, our models show that Valerie Nachushkin is more valuable than Leon Drysital," <laughs> and everyone kind of dunked on them. Uh, but you know, um, they did have a point in saying Valerie Nachushkin is very underrated and very good. Not quite yeah. dry saddle level, I'd say though. <laughs> I think dry, putting it over dry saddle is, is a bit over the top, but yeah, no, it's uh definitely one hell of an acquisition. Um, I mean, what's his what's his contract status right now? He's at what two and a half million dollars, um, on his mm-hmm. last year of his deal. So uh, that's you know that's a bona fide bargain for someone who you know slots into your top six, and and you know plays very well in that role. So uh, yeah, just just a, a set of like excellent, excellent roster management from Joe Sackick. Um it's just uh seems that uh, he's got a couple blind spots. Um and if he fixes that up this this roster would be quasi quasi flawless. 
Um, do you, anything else you want to touch on in the Arizona games in particular? There are two of them. Uh, you know, they won four, three and five, nothing. Um, nothing especially except I remember in that right. five, nothing game. Uh, there were just, uh, you know, a couple very impressive isolated instances of skill that were, you know, very remarkable. So one on Nathan McKinnon's part, that first goal on the five on three, he just kind of walked straight through the three coyotes to the front of the net. It was Riley Nash, Lawson Krause, and Dyson Mayo. He was just like, don't mind if I do. And I'm standing directly in front of Vemelka and he scored. Um, he also, it was, who was it? I think it was him who scored the last goal of the game as well with like 20 seconds left off that terrible Shane Gostas bear turnover. Remember Gostas bear like received the pass in the defensive zone, started skating up the ice and the puck just kind of slid right off his yeah. stick. Uh, right on to Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, that the both of those games, especially the, the last one. Um, obviously the you know the Coyotes managed to stick around in the first game. Uh, but you know it, it really the the ice was slanted. Obviously you expect it to be. Uh, we're talking about the yeah we're talking about the freaking Coyotes here against the Avalanche. Um, but yeah, this was this was uh one team beating down on weaker opposition, and yeah, it, it's just you know uh their lines were rolling, especially that that first line. Uh. You know the the killer line there with Landeskog coming back for this game. Um, yeah, they just uh, you know took no prisoners and absolutely pummeled the, the Coyotes. It was it was offensive domination basically the entire game. Um, the Coyotes had a sprinkling of chances and that was about it. Uh, and yeah, that's the, that's the kind of the expectation, isn't it, with the uh, with the Avalanche when they're playing uh, this caliber of team. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say there's a lot of all-star caliber talent on the Colorado oh Avalanche. I would, <laughs> I, I would say well, such a thing. <laughs> Why do you say so? <laughs> if given the opportunity, would you say that uh, maybe Miko Rantanen or Nazem Kadri deserves to be at the All-Star game more than I don't know Clayton Keller or Joe Pavelski? Yeah, I would. I would think that they're they've had they've had better seasons than Adrian Kempe. Um, I, I gotta say, yeah, you, maybe you would think so. Uh, but unfortunately the NHL all-star game is the biggest joke in the entire world. This thing. Okay. Let's talk about, we haven't had an all-star game. It's been a while. Um, there, well, I guess we'd only missed one year, I guess there was one in 2020, but it feels like every all, every year that passes, every all-star game that passes, it gets less and less of a, of a more relevant event in just the general world, uh, which could maybe be said about the NHL as a whole. Uh, but I really think the the decline of the NHL All-Star game started back when they got rid of the breakaway competition. And there are a couple of reasons I think they got rid of the breakaway competition. You probably remember some of the, you know, the classic moments, the Ovechkin and like the, the cowboy hat and the Gatorade or whatever. Patrick Kane's Superman thing. All the players would try these funny trick shots. And then at the commercial break, everyone would like text in their votes or whatever. And they'd announce the the fan favorite winner. Uh, and then players just kind of stopped getting creative. And instead of doing something to try and reinvigorate the creativity of the players, they said, let's scrap the only event that has historically been any fun at the skills competition in favor of watching players sweat profusely as they shoot pucks at tiny nets from a very long distance. Um, but not only that, every time the, these rosters are announced, it's the same story. It's the same story. No one's saying, yay, this player got in. Uh, yay, that player got in. It's just, wow, we're really still doing 
we need someone from every team here. I there is nobody, nobody in the entire not even Drake Batherson himself who says, you know what I think we need is someone on every single team to to be a representative at the All Star game. Really. Who's going to be like, oh, I wouldn't have watched the All-Star game otherwise, <laughs> but now Nick Suzuki's there, so I must devote an evening to it. It's just it's total nonsense, and you're leaving out incredible talent. The Atlantic Division, I think, is the most egregious example of this. You have, you have Drake Batherson, Dylan Larkin, Nick Suzuki, and Rasmus Dahlin taking spots away from guys like Barkov, Bergeron, Pasternak, Braden Point, Steven Stamkos, Aaron Ekblad. Mitch Marner, John Tavares, all this incredible talent you're leaving off for the sake of having a representative from every team. And it's just, it doesn't even at this point feel like a real all-star game. It just feels like a collection of good players that are decidedly, definitely not the best in the NHL. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, you know, Brad Marchand in particular for the Atlantic, that's a, that's another head scratcher. He's not even on like the ballot, uh, for, for for that last man in vote, that's uh. Oh, I said I gimmick. said Bergeron. I meant Marchand. Okay, um, but yeah, that, that's another gimmick that I yeah. Well, what's the what's the vote tally? I want to know on each of these. Um, probably in the thousands. Uh, but anyways, yeah, no, you you, you touched on the uh, lack of popularity of the All Star Game, uh, and it's been declining for a while. Yeah, it's 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 like the uh, it's like the award, like you know, like the TV movie award season, like the Oscars and shit. It's followed the same. It's like those kind of shows. Uh, this kind of nonsense, it's all kind of fallen off in the last 10 years. I remember when, like, you know, everybody fucking watched the Oscars, like, 10 years ago. Everybody watched, I don't know, the Emmys and shit. Ch- Hell, I watched that crap. I didn't, I was like, you know, how old was I back then? Like, 10 years old. Uh, I didn't watch any of the movies. I watched, like, maybe three of the shows that were nominated. Uh, and I still tuned in. I fucking recorded that shit. I DVR'd it, PVR'd it. Uh, and then, uh, and then watched it the next morning. Uh, and it's like the same kind of vibe for the All-Star game. I don't think it's a matter of me just growing up. I think it's something that culturally we've just, for some reason, we've left them behind. Actually, it's not just for some reason. It's just they're not very interesting events. Um, and yeah, the All-Star game now, it's in a sorry state. All right. They, the, the moving to three on three was fine. And it was exciting for like one year. And then now it's, you know, it's better than five on five for sure. But it just doesn't bring enough from anybody really to watch it. Um, you know, it's, it's such a boring fucking event. You know, it's like, what the hell sticks out from year to year? Nothing. It's just like, you know, it's an event that happens once a year, and there's really nothing to talk about. There's nothing fucking to talk about. Um, You know, it's like, if if we have to do a podcast episode on the All-Star game, um, it'll last 10 minutes. So, you know, and and, and then, yeah, then you move on to the roster picks. Uh, It seems like they're, you know, half of it is to just generate conversation about all the fucking snubs that they've got. Uh, it just it, it makes absolutely no sense. Um, the system that they have doesn't make sense either. Um, I'm sure the six Arizona Coyote fans are just thrilled to see Clayton Keller uh, on the team, but I doubt any of them will still watch it. Uh, and so you know, it's it's just it, it's baffling. It's they're not. It doesn't seem like they're trying to draw any fans. Uh, and you know, the quality of the product suffers, and it's uh, it's just yeah, they're, they're, it's it's not a successful event. It's a waste of everybody's time. And uh, you barely even want to talk about it at this point because it's like, you know, it's like the, the voting process isn't even transparent. I don't even know how the fuck they pick these people. I mean, like, yeah, you vote for the captains. That's cool. Uh, but it's just like, who's even doing this? Who's picking these players? First of all, uh, it's, it's not a fun process. Association or something. Oh, Actually, I, I don't, is it? I don't, I don't even know. I, exactly. Um, I heard it was, I heard it was like a, a committee run by Colin Campbell. So 
You know, oh, that, that's even worse. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's just astoundingly stupid. Um, not only just in the process is not fun, but also uh, they make bad picks uh, with a bad system. And it's just like everything about it sticks. And that's why you, you see that decline in viewership. The people know it sucks. Mm-hmm. Here's one thing. I think I think uh, they got it wrong. In Well, they got a lot of things wrong. I'm like, you know, do you know the four players that were voted on by the fans to be the captains for the four divisions? Uh, I can't. I don't think I can name them off the top of my head. Uh, right. Well, honestly, if you even if you had no idea, you'd probably do do a have a pretty good shot. It's McDavid, McKinnon, Matthews, and Ovechkin. Who you right. some might even say are the four best players in the NHL this season, and that's just so incredibly sure. boring that you pick the four best ones as captains. So I feel like the fans could have done much better. I feel Absolutely. like you gotta go for you know. So, some more out there picks. Um, and meanwhile, uh, I'm pretty sure. So, here, what I was going to say before about the history of the All Star game, kind of, I actually don't know much about the history. History as in six years ago. Back in 2016, <laughs> that was the best All Star game ever for two reasons. Reason number one, John Scott, um, one maybe my favorite hockey story of the entire decade. Number two, which that was the first year they switched to three on three. And it was something new and it was something fresh for the All-Star game. And I don't think the All-Star game is the type of thing where you can find one format that works perfectly that you can stay with indefinitely. I think you have to change the format on an extremely regular basis in order to keep people interested and in order to keep players uh, com- coming back because they want to. And not like, oh, I just did this like two years ago. I loved when they had the captains draft the teams, even though that only lasted yep. a few years. That was a fun event. Um, they got rid of that. I was upset. The three-on-three showed up. The division format, I was like, all right, this is fun. Now it's stale. We're tired of it. Let's switch to something else. Come up with anything new. If you want to go back to the drafts, I think that would be super fun. Um, you have like the someone from the host city, uh, a player on the, you know, an all-star player on the host city team, be one of the captains, and someone else draft the other team with his assistant captain or his two assistant captains with him. Uh, that was a great event. Um, or you could uh, do a million other things that I haven't thought of. Here's an idea, though, that I saw on Twitter, and I wish I could credit the, the person because I don't, didn't even think I was going to bring this up because I just thought of it now, of a brilliant idea, which is instead of an all-star game, you have a game with all the worst players in the league. All the fans <laughs> vote for for the fourth liners, the scrubs, the fringe players, we give them captains. We make them do the skills competition. We have the slowest <laughs> skater, the weakest shot, all these things. All right, and then, and then they play a game. Uh, I hadn't thought of this until now, but instead of three on three, maybe like eight on eight, just absolutely no open <laughs> ice—the worst thing you've ever seen. Uh, and instead of a puck, they're playing with a tennis ball. All right, uh, the the goalies like barely allowed any equipment all right everyone's got to use sucks. the opposite stick the ice <laughs> yeah. sucks if you shoot right now you shoot left if you shoot left <laughs> now you shoot right all these things uh and we watch that and actually you know what we could do we air that at the same time as the nhl all-star game and i, I bet i know which one's gonna get more <laughs> yeah. viewers and it's not Connor mcdavid and nathan mckinnon <laughs> you know yeah you're absolutely right uh such a phenomenon if the nhl was able to market it um how they wouldn't even need to market all they need to release is to do is release the concept uh you know i already have you know great ideas of you know you can't you can't you know just put in a bunch of ahlers no they have to be they have to have played a certain amount of nhl time 
uh, and still suck. Of course. And, and uh, you know, it's just, it's just, it's it, the concept is beautiful. And I'm sure there are a, a ton of other wonderful concepts. You have to innovate with, you know, gimmicky shit like the All-Star game, <laughs> um, which, which, you know, is inherently gimmicky. Uh, if, if you give people nothing to talk about, they're not going to fucking watch it. Uh, and, you know, like, What's the difference from like between like oh you talk about like integrity of the All Star Gamer whatever the fuck well what's the difference uh of having you know like the worst players which is inherently a fun concept compared to having Rasmus fucking Darlene on the All Star Game how does that you know not impact the integrity of the All Star Game he fucking sucks he fucking sucks the only reason he's there is because he's the best player on the Sabers the bar so low that you know most of the roster in the Avalanche could do it um and so you know it's. It's baffling. I don't know how you can argue integrity when you have Rasmus Dahlin on an all-star roster. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, and so, you know, fuck around with it. You have, like, you know, a John Scott phenomenon every so years. You can't have it every year. But, you know, every so years, yeah, why stop it? What's the point? All right? If the people get tired, if people get tired, if the public gets tired of, like, oh, the meme pick, they'll get tired of it. They'll move on. Uh, and, you know, everybody will be better off for it. Now, by banning it, you're just making everybody upset at you. What the hell is the point of that? Uh, you can't you can't imagine that they were gonna you know elect a John Scott guy for the you know five years running. People get bored of that shit. That and then everybody you know that's, so like makes no sense. That's still got to be one of the dumbest thing the NHL's ever done. Like yeah, that was by far the most popular All Star game they ever had, and the NHL said we can never let this happen again. This was an absolute atrocity, a failure on our part, and we need to do everything in our power to make sure we don't damage the integrity of the All Star game. The NHL All-Star game by allowing them to select John Scott or an equivalent. Uh, but Honestly, I, I was going to make a joke that I had this this great vision yeah. of, of James Duthie or whoever being like, we now defer to Darren Helm and Michael Matheson who are going to make the first <laughs> pick in the shitty player's draft. And they go to the state, the podium, they go, <laughs> with the first pick in the, the shitty player's draft, we select from the Edmonton Oilers, Cody CC. Cody CC walks out. <laughs> And he puts on his little hat that's like dark green or whatever. Jack Johnson gets a truck because he was the last worst player picked. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see it. I want to see it. Uh, And and yeah, like honestly, why are you barring players like John Scott from getting into the All-Star game if you're actively picking players like Rasmus Dallin? I'm not over it. You banned one type of bad player, one that generated, you know, virality. That generated fan hype, that had people talking about hockey, and instead you you know go with an, an opaque process that puts Rasmus fucking Darlene on the All Star team, and you nobody's won, you know like yeah they're no they're not you're talking a little about close to your mic now or your gains up high. It's, makes it's no sense. A bit. All right, but makes no sense, and I'm still not over the. It's absurd to me. It's absurd to me that Rasmus Darlene, who is you know not an All Star in any capacity is on the all-star team. I, I understand uh, representation uh, from each team, but, you know, it's still it's still such a... It's so absurd to look at that list and be like, yes, he he is mm-hmm. one of the, what, 12 best players in the Atlantic division. It feels even more than usual that they're like, wow, a bunch of these players should definitely not be here. Batherson, Larkin... Um, I mean, they're good players, but you compare them to the other players in the division, it's not even close. Batherson, Larkin, Suzuki, Darlene, Jack Hughes, Adam Pellick. What are you doing here, Adam Pellick? Wouldn't even <laughs> make Team Canada, probably. Uh, anyway, um, I was going to mention something else about these players. I don't remember. Oh, it was this. Uh, I was kind of scratching my head a bit 
at Chris Kreider being on this team um, on the Metropolitan, especially because Artemi Panarin was right there. But I thought about it a little. I don't, I don't mind inviting players that are having an exceptionally great year over a superstar teammate just because Panarin's probably going to, you know, I think he's already been to an all-star game, at least one, and he's probably going to play well enough in the future to get invited back. Whereas Chris Kreider, this might never happen again. So if you want to go out of your way to invite the guy who this might never happen to again, that he's going to be playing at this caliber, someone like, I don't know, Nazem Kadri would maybe fit that description, go right ahead. But it's just, you know, when you go out of your way, it's the it's the thing with the team. That's what that's what everyone's really stuck on. Is is it's you know, it's because it feels so fake and artificial, and it it ruins you know the these are the best of the best experience that an all star game is supposed to be. Yeah, absolutely. It's having Jordan Eberle in an all star game at this point in his career, uh, and uh, yeah, you you don't object to like the 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 minor narrative things. Um, you know, is it when when it's a small difference, it's okay. You know, like like your Kreider versus Panarin, it's all good. You know, uh, give the guy a chance. He's had an All Star worthy season, but it, no nobody's saying Rasmus Dahlin is having an All Star caliber season. Nobody, unless you're playing by these absurd rules. Uh, and so, you know, I think that's where people find the issue, and I think they're right in, in doing so. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on now to Evander Kane and his story as i'm sure everyone's familiar with by now uh after evander kane you know there's an extremely long list of bad things he's done but the one that apparently was the final straw in allowing and having the sharks decide to terminate his contract or at least file to terminate his contract was that after testing positive for covid he uh broke the rules and traveled up to canada um and so he became a free agent the NHLPA is still filing a, a grievance, but he is, I think, he was either, he, I don't, is he technically a free I don't think he is, because he hasn't signed anywhere yet, um, and there's still this long process, but anyway, the point that I was, that I'm going to try to make is, or the point that I want to stress, is that immediately after Evander Kane became sort of available, something like 20 teams expressed interest in this guy. Um, well, now we've harped on the the atrocities of hockey culture, culture many many times over, but I think it really goes to show that someone who you know would be I don't know do something relatively tame like you know wear a funny hat or be late to practice one time would be labeled as a distraction or a problem for the remainder of the, their career. Meanwhile, Evander Kane, who but there, I don't know if you saw this. There was a video that was released publicly somehow of him pointing a gun at his wife, and this is a guy that over half the league is tripping over themselves to add to their roster. That apparently, you know, is so hung up on on culture or whatever, uh, because he scored at a thirty goal pace last season, and it led to actually when the Oilers were reportedly the front runner, they were really close to signing him. Connor McDavid was asked about it, and he said something. Uh, to the effect of, uh, yeah, if the if the media doesn't like it, it is what it is, uh, which is, and I, I I didn't watch the entire the entire quote, but basically, it reads what we kind of all know that these hockey players' mentalities are, which is that, um, ice hockey and winning at it, is the sole purpose of life, 
and it's totally detached from from everything else within our reality. Right, absolutely. They have all their their, their priorities all out of whack. Um, and you know, hockey seems to be the only thing that drives them when it comes to yeah. That when when we talk about that contradiction of like you know some players are are labeled uh for you know seemingly trivial off ice thing or trivial you know hockey related things as uh you know lazy and whatnot uh and you know get their careers tanked uh compared to you know you have these players with with all these off ice you know eh, shitty people um but who are able to contribute on the ice um there's a contradiction there in that yeah the, exactly the teams are lining they're lining up that's crazy i didn't i hadn't heard that you know i had heard the oilers were very interested um but i hadn't heard that it was 20 teams interested in evander kane and that's 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 crazy to me because it's like you know it's it's a laundry list with evander kane of you know the shitty things he has done that span you know all sorts of places yeah you know on ice off ice everywhere he just shows over and over again that he doesn't belong he doesn't you know deserve to have that platform of being an nhl player uh he doesn't you know deserve that privilege at all and uh you know the teams clearly don't want to acknowledge that whatsoever uh and it's uh yeah well i mean it it it's not surprising but it you know the nh it's the nhl yet again showing its its colors on this kind of thing yeah, this comes in the, the same week. Another uh, sexual assault scandal in hockey comes to light. Reed Boucher, former NHL player, currently in the in the KHL and actually just won its championship, um, was uh, it came to light when he was 17 years old at the U.S. Development Program, living with his billet family, who had a 12 year old daughter. Some of the the terrible things he did to her. I'll I'll spare you all the details. If you're interested, it is. Uh, you can go find it on Rick Westhead's Twitter feed. But basically, what happened afterward was the development program basically just quietly said, "All right, we'll we'll move you to a new family." You played at the under 18s a couple weeks later. He got drafted a few months later and went on with his career like nothing had happened. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I mean, it's absolutely disgusting. Um, you know, a what Reed Boucher does, but it did, but uh, you know, the, the cover up afterwards, right? Um, and it's you know it was something we see time and time again, and again, and it's uh, I mean, it's it's terrible, terrible for the you know for the victims and their families, and you know they don't get proper accountability for these players that seem to get off, uh, you know, almost with with really basically a slap on the wrist. Right and uh, you know Reed Boucher's has he's had his his NHL career after now and uh, you know that's he shouldn't have had you know he shouldn't have had that opportunity at all uh, and uh, yeah it, it is something that you know that it's it's time and time again that we see this kind of thing uh, and yeah yet yet another cover up and, and you know again it's it's a sexual assault case and that's that's absolutely horrific. Yeah, um, let us hard pivot now to this week's draft segment this was an idea you came up with yesterday uh that we tweaked slightly your your idea was animals and something about the idea of just straight up drafting animals based on good to bad felt kind of rude maybe to (laughs) calling some and some species as a whole to be better than others 
So we we tweaked the idea a little bit. We workshopped it, you know, as as you do. And we ended up settling upon something like the best animals to observe as an observer from a distance. Except, as, as you mentioned, depending on the size of the animal, perhaps the distance needs to be relative. So let's just assume that you are observing from a distance where A, you can clearly see what the animal's doing, and B, you're not disturbing it or interfering with its behavior at all. Perfect. All right. Um, so since I won the last draft with the uh, the Christmas songs, I believe uh, you, can, you can get that first, that sweet, sweet first pick advantage. Mm-hmm. All right. So my preparation for this draft has been extremely minimal. I have straight up a list of six animals. If you pick any of them, I'm cooked. I'm going to have to go. <laughs> All right. But I'm very confident in my first pick. Um, okay. An animal that has recently emerged is probably my favorite animal. It's the elephant. Elephants right. are great uh, for for several reasons. First of all, as everyone knows, elephants are extremely wise. All right, they're they're one of the smartest animals that there is. And one thing I think that really made me fall in love with elephants not long ago uh, was a video I saw online of an elephant uh, playing a prank on a human being. I don't know if you saw this. The elephant the elephant reached out its trunk, picked a hat off of a person, and pretended to eat the hat to the point that the person thought the elephant had eaten the hat, but the elephant was just hiding the hat, like, behind its chin or something, and then finally reached back out and put the hat back on the person's head. And I said, that's so amazing that elephants have a sense of humor. I would love to watch an elephant or several elephants walk around all day, see what they do, you know, wave their trunk around. Who could ever get tired of watching an elephant, like, you know, use its trunk to, like, you know, drink water, blast water, wave it around like an arm, whatever they do with it. Elephants are are phenomenal animals easy right. first pick okay they're, they're cool i would have taken with a first pick but uh you know elephants are cool um all right next up i am picking with my first pick i'm taking the giraffe sticking on the uh in the desert uh environment i mean uh they're just cool fucking animals they got the first of all they got the long ass neck and it's, you know, it's almost comedic, right? It's hilarious. We love a good long neck and it's like absurdly long. You know, you have like a, a, a pretty large animal, but then, then you'll see the neck and it's just, it's, it's hilarious. It's fucking hilarious. You know, whenever, whenever you see a meme or whenever I see a meme, at least, of you know, like a digitally extended neck of a person, for example, always cracks me up, always cracks me up. Uh, and it's like, you know, the same kind of vibe for a giraffe. Uh, and it's uh, you know they're 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 very peaceful and they're just going about their day. They got you know they got that cool pattern um, with the brown and yellow. Very exciting, much more exciting than the drab gray of the elephant. They got some fucking spots. Uh, that's cool. Uh, and uh, you know, and I don't think you know what I don't think we stress enough just how big and tall, how just how tall the damn giraffe is. All right, I just googled it right now. How. You know, how tall is your average draft? Six fucking meters, all right? Imagine being six meters tall. And it's crazy that there's an animal that is that tall, all right? I, you know, I just, you know, if I could, you know, as this uh, is the topic of this, uh, this draft, you know, stand at a good distance from this draft, but still pretty close, I would love to look up and be like, holy fuck, that is a tall animal. Uh, and that is a long ass neck. And I just, I don't think that gets enough appreciation. 
You know, like I'm looking at a. Have you ever seen a dragon person? No, I have not. I I, I wish to one day. Ooh, I have. Um, oh, shit. I would. I was. I think it was a long time ago, so my memory's a little fuzzy. I think it was uh, a zoo in Florida, and they have you. They have this like come feed the giraffe sort of thing, and I did that. I held out the little giraffe food, and it has this like massive purple tongue that eats the food in your hand. But a funny thing, you had to walk up so many stairs to get to the <laughs> deck where you were at eye level with the giraffe, and <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Anyway. Second pick for me, third pick overall. Uh, I'm gonna go with the cheetah. Um, I think, well, the, what are cheetahs known for? Being the fastest animal in the world. Wouldn't you love to see the fastest animal in the world uh, uh, close and in person? I think that would be infinitely more interesting than me. Like, oh, what animal do you want to see? One that's really tall. You're like, yep, that's really tall. Or the one that zooms around at super speed all around the jungle. You know, running after people or whatever, wherever cheetahs are. You know, whatever they do. And I, you'd watch it, and you'd just be like, wow, that cheetah went very fast. And I think that's great. <laughs> so your argument is, wow, I sure wouldn't want to watch something that's very, that, that an animal that can be characterized as, wow, it's very tall. But I would like to, you know, watch an animal that can also be characterized by just one word, um, and it's fast. And what's I can't... more what's more interesting to watch? Tall or Come fast? On. I know my answer. Well, I, See, this I is why this is why context. in the Olympics, people people watch the hundred meter dash, not the tallest person event. Well no, they watch the you know the pole vault, the high jump. There's there is there is excitation when it comes to elevation, to altitude, to height. <laughs> excitation right? when so, it comes to elevation. Yeah, there there is there's hype. All right, there's well, hype surrounding. Let me know. All right. So let I, me know when drafts are able to jump. Let me know when drafts are known for their jumping. Until then, until then, cheetah, cheetahs are superior. Well, that's the whole fucking point. They don't need to jump. They're so tall, they can reach anything. They don't need to jump to hit the trees to eat their leaves. That's what's so cool about. Yeah, them. so they just are tall. That's that's so why are you comparing that? To that's like excellent. When someone well, no, it's... when someone has to get high versus someone who just already is, and so it's boring. Well, you know, I also like to point you to, like, you know, Guinness World Records books, you know? What's a good record that people tend to flip to? Tallest person. Same vibe. Same vibe, but it's even cooler. You know who the tallest person ever is? Robert Wadlow, 8 foot 11. He died when he was 22 because he was too tall. So. That's unfortunate. But then again, you know him. Who who won the 100? Who won the Who won the hundred meter dash in the last Olympics? I don't fucking know, and I I would be surprised if you did too. You know, well, you say both super famous, and Andre de Grasse is oh, pretty okay. good too. And there was that other they guy didn't win who the gold the gold medal. You don't know the number one guy, do you? Some Italian dude, I think. If I'm not mistaken. Well, I know the number one guy all time who's Usain Bolt, and just like the number one guy all time for height is Robert Wadlow. I bet you don't know. Uh, who the current tallest person alive is, as opposed to, uh, you know, the analogy I'm trying to make makes perfect sense. All right. I, I, I'll give you that. But either way, the giraffe is better than the cheetah. And I, and I hold no reservations about that fact. All right. Next up, I will be taking the kangaroo. Fucking awesome. Oh. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Give me, yeah, that's that validation you love to hear. Um. Just, 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 just an incredible animal. Now I need to find something me. else for my uh, list. Yeah. That's right. Find a sixth animal. Um, yeah, the kangaroo fucking rocks. It's got 
you know, everything you want. It's got that jumping ability. He just he just ragged on me for having no jumping ability with a giraffe, even though he doesn't need it. Well, I just gave it to you, and the kangaroo fucker jumps everywhere, doesn't need to walk, just hopping around. I never heard of any other animal that, that does that, at least to the extent that the kangaroo is known for. And that's inherently cool. Uh, not only that, it's got the, you know, the little, little stomach pouch for its kids. Hella cute. Also cool as shit. Um, you know, you got you got you got a designed pouch to carry your kid. That's hilarious. That is that's just comical. Uh, and uh, it's and it's uh, it's just an elite animal, the kangaroo. Uh, and uh, yeah, obviously by your 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 wonderful validation of this fact, um, you you see the same thing when it comes to this animal. Sick tail too. I was I was scheduled not to take the kangaroo to the fi- to the fifth round. Um. I think one thing I will give to kangaroos is that they have very good PR because maybe that's partly because of Kanga and Rue and Winnie the Pooh who are, you know, very sweet and kindly. Uh, but kangaroos in real life are apparently some of the most aggressive animals out there. Um, yeah, they're buff so as hell. I don't know if I'd love to, to meet one. Yeah. But anyway, uh, moving on to my third pick, I've got smart. I've got fast. I'm going to enhance upon my smart category while also adding a very key factor, able to swim with dolphin. Who doesn't love dolphins? The answer is no one. Uh, dolphins are, you know, you, you can like swim with the dolphins. You know, that's like the dream of ev- that everyone has. And they go swim with the dolphin. They can like recognize themselves in the mirror. They can do math. And you can train them to do little tricks also, jumping through a hula hoop out of the water and stuff. All right, so I've even I've even got the jumping down. Dolphins can jump, uh, just like kangaroos, and they can swim, and they're incredibly intelligent as well. So I think this is a steal in the third round. All right, not not a bad pick. Uh, I think they're a bit bland looking. I gotta say, just like oh, we're judging appearances now. Ray, yes, yes, that's inherently part of it. Are you kidding me? Oh, Stop this. Oh, that's so that's so mean, so shallow. <laughs> My bad. My my apologies to the dolphin, but you're 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 ugly as shit. I gotta say, <laughs> the dolphin community, uh, under underratedly bad. Um, all right. So uh, okay. Well, you talk about swimming, you talk about aquatics. Uh, that's cool. But I'm gonna take an animal that can do both, the land and the water. Um, national icon. I'm taking the beaver. Um, cause it makes cool houses. And uh, it does some cool shit. It looks cool. Uh, and uh, yeah, who doesn't love its teeth? You know, you got fun beaver teeth facts. And that's, you know, they make dams. The dams are so underrated. You know, I just sit there and watch the beaver make its dam. Because I want to know how that shit is done. And, you know, there, there's some intricate shit that goes on with that. Um, you know, with entries. You know, the entries under the water. And, like, it holds up the whole, like, river flow. And it's like, damn. You know, I would love to see an animal just build a whole ass house that can stop a river. Uh, and it's got a cool tail. Who doesn't love eating beaver tails? Not the real one, obviously, but, you know, the pastry. Um, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's just a good vibe with the beaver. It's pretty cute, too. You know, and uh, they're uh, ecologically necessary. And that's always a bonus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beavers, beavers are nice. Uh, Thank you. They weren't on my list. Probably just because I hadn't thought of them. Uh, but I did just think the beaver did remind me of an animal that wasn't on my list. But I'm now going, i got to draft this one before Taisei snatches up the penguins. 
because the penguins are some of the, you know, and you know what made me think of it? When you said beavers are cute, immediately my mind went, you know what the cutest animal is? Penguins. So now I've got that uh, factored in. Um, penguins, you know, uh, they like snuggle up together in Antarctica or whatever. And, you know, who doesn't love happy feet? I'm pretty sure that was our entire generation's introduction to penguins. Um, I used to read a book series for kids called My Weird School, and the main character loved penguins. Whenever something went wrong, he would say, I wanted to run away to Antarctica and go live with the penguins. And you know what? That's not a bad aspiration to have because penguins are great. They're very they're very community-oriented, as far as I know. And, you know, they, uh, they waddle around, and it's very nice and very fun. And they're flightless birds. Which makes them worse birds. Uh, overrated picture. No. Um, what's the point of being a bird if you can't what? fucking fly? All right. If I was because like, I wish to be I had a, a genie. Bird. Yeah. No. If I if <laughs> if I had a if I had a genie in a lamp. All right. And I wished, you know, for some reason I want to fly. And I was like, I wish I could be a bird. All right. And then he turned me into an emu, a penguin. I would be extremely sad. All right. Um. Not only that. What the hell do penguins do? The only thing that you name that they do is just waddle around. That is inherently boring. All right. Um, now, I granted, I give you the, the cute factor. They're cute. But, A, they're the worst kind of bird. And, B, I'm not sure oh, what they do. Oh, that's ridiculous. Other than. And, and you, you, just, you, just, you just ragged on me. You just ragged on me for being too superficial. The only reason you took the penguin and you, you said so yourself was because they're cute. All right. Uh, no, I had many other reasons, anything. such as that? they're community oriented, and you know they sing and dance like in Happy Feet or whatever. And yeah, of course they do. Stuff like they all, that. They all they all sing and dance. They all they all know their musical acts from Happy Feet and Happy Feet too. Um, they're all well versed right. in that shit. Bullshit. Go ahead. You know that's not true. All right, moving on. I don't know where I'm gonna go. What am I gonna do with my fourth pick? Hmm. Should I take a better bird? I think I will. There's no better bird. I'm, I'm going to take the best bird. Um, and it's got the word bird in its name. I'm taking the hummingbird. Very cool and fat. You talk about fast. The hummingbird is faster than the cheetah. That shit zooms around. It's flying. That's yeah, but it's no, it's not boring. You know how fast their wings flap? It it's incredible. It's a it's a miracle yeah, so you of can't nature. Even see. Well, no, you can't see it if you slow it down. But even then, you don't need to see it. They're just like buzzing about. You know, it's like, meum, meum, hummingbird left and right. Uh, it's just like hovering. It hovers. It's not flying. Yeah, they fly, but they also hover. They got that bonus kind of move. And uh, I've never heard of an animal that hovers. And hovering is inherently cool. That's why you got like hoverboards or some futuristic shit because people think that's cool. All right. And uh, hummingbirds are after it. And they look nice. Like, they're, they're cute bird. It's a nice looking bird. You know, I would say it's my favorite looking bird is a hummingbird. All right. And uh, there's nothing you can say to. What's that? They can't hold, they can't hold a candle to penguins. It's, it's not even That's a content. That's outrageous. Here's another reason That's I think. Overrated. Here's another overrated. reason I think why penguins are such a great pick that I didn't articulate properly, but I now realize that I should have, is that if you're watching penguins, it means you're in Antarctica. Uh, on some sort of trip or expedition uh and that's just a remarkable thing in and of itself so you're there you know in this amazing world called antarctica and you watch the penguins go about their lives anyway yeah well i 
I could say that about the kangaroo and Australia. All right, Sa- same deal. Everything Aust- that you just Australia said, is... e- same thing, same oh. thing. Everything, incredible no, world. Because there are instead of a, people live in people live in Australia. No one lives in Antarctica. That's not totally for vast not swaths. That's why they have the outback. Nobody fucking lives in the outback. You're in Australia. That's cool. It's like the upside down, the land down under. Everything's all fucking out of whack, including the kangaroo, well, which is cool. Instead of a bird that see, can't uh, fly. People see, kangaroos. people see kangaroos on a regular basis in Australia, though. I find that very hard to believe. And they I do. Think... I'm being 100% honest. Now, let me tell you. Even then. Okay, uh, you know what I think of? Back in, like, Maya Mitchell, who's from Australia, did an interview once about people asking her if she ever saw kangaroos. And apparently, I don't know exactly what part of Australia she's from, but they would, like, just hop into her, bra- like, her backyard frequently. And meanwhile, when she came to North America for the first time and she saw a squirrel, she started freaking out because she had never seen one before. So the novelty right. factor is very different from people all over the world. Anyway. Why, what are you talking about? This only applies. The novelty f- uh, factor only doesn't apply to Australians, much like the novelty factor for Antarctica only applies to uh, Antarctic researchers. And you could both argue that those are minorities when you compare them to the global population. And that's where I'll end the argument. You can go ahead and make your last, uh, your not your last pick, but your fifth pick. See, Antarctic researchers don't live in Antarctica. They're there for the purpose of research. Yeah, so but they see the penguins on a regular basis. They see them on a regular basis, do they not? I'm just saying. No, they don't, because they're yes, only they there do. for research. Anyway, next up. What? <laughs> uh, this, this next pick, this next pick, um, it might seem a little bit strange. It is, it is. It is dog. Now, before oh, you roast God. me. Oh, God. Before you roast me for this. Jesus. Please bear in mind. This is awful. <laughs> please, please oh, my God. Mind. Please bear in mind, I don't have a dog. I never have. I've always wanted one. Uh, so I don't see dogs as often as some other people do. But on the extremely rare occasion, when I walk by a dog park, and sometimes I'll stop and I'll look in and I'll watch dogs playing with each other. And I'll try to pay attention to how dogs interact with each other. Because the obviously the, the, the cliche is that a dog sees another dog, they start barking at each other. They hate each other. They're defending their territory. One of them's going, hey, I piss here. And the other one's going, no, I piss here. This is my piss circle. Uh, but oftentimes, what, from what I've gathered, they'll become friends quickly. And then they'll start to play together. And I notice in the patterns of dogs' behavior that they're so dumb. They're just really <laughs> stupid. <laughs> and I find that extremely endearing. And I think that's one of the reasons why people love dogs so much is they'll just be, they're just dumb. And they don't know a lot about the world. And they haven't evolved past this, you know, the primal wolf instincts that don't at all apply to living in a house with human beings. And I think it's very interesting to watch the way dogs, especially domestic dogs, interact with the outside world. Terrible, terrible pick. Um, You know, not, not my only... Run pick. I just won the not draft of that get... one. Get out of here! Get out of here! You'll need to. You'll need. We'll strongly need to emphasize to the voters that this is this is this draft is not our favorite animals. It's not the best animals, as you said. That that might be misconstrued as rude. Um, instead, it is animals you would like to see at a respectable distance. Uh, and man, 
that that is the last animal I would want to see from respectable distance. Uh, that what I would find talking? particularly remarkable because you know I see them from a respectable dif- distance, like every fucking day, and I've never owned a dog. All right, and it's like I don't. I'm I rarely good. see dogs. I'm good. I said I'm good. No, thank you. Uh, and uh, you know what? I'm kind of worried because I'm worried because I think the public may misconstrue this pick and be like, I love dogs. Maybe I'll vote for him. I own a dog. I love my dog. How could I vote for the guy who doesn't have dog on his team? But well, I would like to make it very clear. About that, maybe you should have drafted dog. Maybe, but I just want to make it clear right now to everybody listening out there. That is not the basis for this poll. Uh, it is. It is... Animals you would gladly sit down and watch from a respectable distance. And uh, the last thing I would want to do is, like, watch a dog on TV. Like, man. Oh, that's that, not that, true. That, you would love to already, watch a dog. You're telling me, you're telling you're me just if, you were, if, someone was like, if someone was like, hey, do you want to go to the dog park and watch the dogs for a while? That you would be like, I would oh, say no. Because that sounds boring. Oh, come I, on. I would say exactly. Th- that would be word for word my response to this person. All right. That sounds terrible. Find a better outing for me. Uh, no thanks. I'll go do something else now. Um, that, not a chance. If you ask me with any of my animals, hey, you want to go sit down and watch a giraffe, a kangaroo, a beaver? Hell, you want to watch? sit down and watch a hummingbird? I'll be like, hell yes. You want to sit down and go watch a dog? Fuck out of here, all right? That's, that's outrageous. That's outrageous. And, uh, you know, good for you. You like to watch a dog in the dog park. I'm not going to shame you for it. But I'm just saying, I think th- for most people, they would not partake in such an activity when other animals are available. We're not even talking about dog versus nothing. We're talking about dog versus other animals. And this is like the last one I would pick. If I could pick any animal. Like dog? Really? Really? No chance. No chance. Okay. All right. And also, they're so simple-minded. As you said, they're stupid. That's not endearing. That's boring. Yeah. That's, that's why I wouldn't watch them. That's why I wouldn't watch them. the dumb dogs. No, it's not. If I wanted to watch dumb dogs, I'd watch yeah, something else stupid. I'd watch some rocks or something. I don't know. Um, but it's like that's Rocco. What's that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, like, what's the point? What's the point? All right. Anyways, uh, on the opposite end of the intelligence spectrum, I will be taking hmm. Which which one of the primates will I take? Hmm. Should I take the gorilla? Nah, that's too. That's a bit too too. I'm gonna be taking the orangutan. Um, cause uh, yeah, that shit's cool. You know, like uh, you y- you get. They're pretty similar to humans in that, you know, genetically, they kind of look like them too. Um, and, uh, you know, you got, you got them, you know, doing all sorts of crazy shit, like sign language, using tools, making tools. Like, that's inherently very, very cool. And I would watch an orangutan fuck around and then, you know, and, and do its smart shit for, like, a long time. And then think to myself, yeah... They should be probably running this planet. And that would be a cool time period of time. Much more than me fucking around in a dog park looking at like oh like it's a it's a poodle. I'm I'm so stimulated right now mentally. It's crazy. Um <laughs> so, you know? There we go. That's that's what I'm saying. Orangutan. I, you can't dispute it. Excellent pick. We'll watch that shit for days. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing with orangutans is that the pick I'm about to make is extremely similar to orangutans, except one round later, which is the monkey. Um, and monkeys are, you know, everything you just said about orangutans applies to monkeys. Untrue. And they have, like, their their feet are like hands. It's amazing to watch. And I think, I don't remember where, somewhere in the world, um, I think somewhere in, on, like, the Oceanic Islands, 
there's uh, so like an urban myth or whatever that uh, monkeys are actually able to speak just like humans, but they don't because they know that humans would force them to work uh, in like factories and stuff. So they just pretend they can't speak. Now that's a fun theory. Um, monkeys are just a way worse version of the orangutan. All right, there's no way. There's no two ways about it. Um, it's uh, yeah, they're just less smart, more less. You know, the appeal about the orangutan is like they're pretty similar to humans. Now, if you separate them by like six more degrees, you get the monkey, which makes it six degrees less interesting. Um, which why you know you're not getting good value there in the sixth round with the monkey. Man, what does a monkey do that an orangutan can't? Um, and first that, of all, they're way more a, popular. Monkey degree. see, monkey do. So they have better PR, and they have like terms named after them, like quit monkeying around. And I just think they're also like they they're much more friendly. They're friendlier than orangutans. So I feel like on the off chance, in my observing from a respectable distance, that a monkey approached me uh, and wanted to interact, I'd be much more willing to do so with a friendly little monkey, such as Curious George in an orangutan. Curious George stinks. You know, like, an orangutan, you know, if, if I was at a respectable distance and then that respectable distance were to be eliminated and he bashes my head in with a rock, that's a cool way to go. You know, like, it's like, you know, he used a tool and it was a different well, animal. Right that's now you're wild. like, I picked the orangutan because they might kill me in a cool way. Well, that's true. Meanwhile, what would a fucking monkey do? Can't do shit. Not smart enough. Anyways, all right, moving on. Um... Uh, let's see. Where where will I go? This is uh, a tricky little situation. I don't know what I want for my sixth pick. You know, and, and you don't have any picks to go, so I can just kind of openly debate my picks. Uh, the turtle kind of sucks. It's got a cool shell, but it's like slow as hell, and I don't know why I want to watch that. I'm gonna go with a panda. All right. Uh, I'm going with the cute factor. Big time on this one. Everybody loves to see a panda. Um, great animal. Great animal. All they do is eat bamboo all day, sleep, have a good time, chillax, and just be cute. And, you know, bamboo is cool. And just eating bamboo and that's all you want in your life, one food all your life, I respect it. I, low maintenance. And that's cool. Uh, and, uh, yeah, who doesn't love a good panda? You know, it's like, you know, whenever you, you got a panda uh, in an exhibit somewhere, it's like, yeah, I got to go check out the panda. It's, it's a big deal. It's a big fucking deal whenever you got a panda in town. Because also they only live in one part of the world, right? Uh, it's just a great time. Pandas rule. Pandas are awesome. And, uh if I, are they a bear? If are I, they a bear? Well, I can't remember. But it doesn't matter. Panda, yeah, panda, panda cool. bear. Panda yeah. bear, that's the thing. If I didn't know any better, I would have guessed that you're memeing with this pig because it's atrocious. What are you talking Straight, about? What are you talking about? I'm, I'm flabbergasted that you would say, hmm, you know what animal I want to watch? The one that eats one thing, just kind of sits there and sleeps. You, I, you get sick of that after like 45 seconds tops. You're like, all right, that's enough of the panda. I've seen 45 seconds of panda life. I've seen the entire day. Let's go check something else out that's that's more interesting. Well, no. That's outrageous. Uh, a, it's like the best bear. And B, uh, why do you think millions of people flock to see pandas? Just saying. You know? It's a big what do you event. mean millions? Of, who, who are these millions of people flocking to see pandas? I don't know. Ask around. I've seen a panda. No. I'm one of the millions. No, but did you fly somewhere for the purpose of going to see a panda and do nothing else? No comment. No comment. But, you know, people love a good panda. Oh, you it's didn't like, you know. 
No, of course not. Now you're just making stuff. Don't be. I said no comment. I didn't. I didn't actively deny it or or lie. I just said no comment. Uh, I left it up in the air. Didn't. Yes, I did. Uh, I clearly left it in the air. Yeah. Okay. Uh, But anyways, no, you did not fly somewhere just to see a panda. Maybe it was like a side thing you did on a trip at some point. That'd be believable. But it was a side thing. It was a side thing. But you know, it's a side thing that everybody does. Millions of people do. If you happen to be in that kind of environment, you know, if it's convenient, Um, you'll go out of your way to see the panda. Sure. I I don't know. I would go out of my way to see almost any other animal before I went to go see a panda, I have to say. That's a lie. Uh, One animal animal I didn't end up taking was the feral hog. Um, I was thinking about (laughs) it, but ultimately, ultimately I decided I I don't want to see any feral hogs. Because I would just be too tempted to, you know, take my gun and shoot them all before they <laughs> capture my kids or whatever. Damn. Especially if there were 30 to 50 of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that's the golden zone. That's the golden ratio of, of feral hogs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You should have. Better than to monkey, recap, I, I would have said, you know, like. To recap, uh, my team recap of animals to observe as an observer from a respectable distance. Elephant. Cheetah, dolphin, penguins, dog, monkey. I don't know why penguin is the only one I wrote as plural. And uh, for your team, you got giraffe, kangaroo, beaver, hummingbird, orangutan, and panda. What, what locked and loaded? Got everything here. Got absolutely everything on my team. My team's gonna win. I'm so convinced. What about like hummingbird, orangutan? It's too obscure, you know. Panda's just boring, straight up. You got you got like a pretty weak team, very um, very top heavy, I'd say. Whereas I'm just bangers. No, all it's the way everything through. heavy. No, I'm I'm just a heavy team. We're just overpowered. Yeah, my team's heavier. Hummingbird's Panda not scared. Is... Everybody loves a good hummingbird. Panda is the Jack Johnson of your team. Get out of here. Get out of here. He's he's it the is... no. He's the Valerie in the shoe skin on my team. All right. If this, if Panda, if, I mean, if we were drafting worst animals to watch for an extended period of time, like you have to stare at it for an hour, Panda, I probably would have been like picked like second after Koala. Not even the turtle? It's outrageous. Well, turtles are moving at least. At least they're going somewhere. Pandas, they're, they're just sitting there and going to sleep. Well, you know, turtles aren't going anywhere. That's the whole point. That's why they're so small. No? Well, they are going somewhere. They're just going like, slowly, like a sloth. Yeah, but it's it. They're going so slow. It's it's it's. They're hardly going anywhere, and it's like. It's but slow. they're getting there's, there's there. There's no intrigue. Didn't you ever read the tortoise? But anyways, that's not the point. Slow they would not even. They would not even. They would not even be in consideration for for worst animals. In fact, I would put dog in there, um, among others, or like penguins. What am I gonna do? Watch them waddle. You 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 watch them waddle. Is that all you're gonna see? Come on. Come on. And hang out. And, and sit on their eggs and stuff. And just like in Happy Feet. Okay. Alright. And what about the cheetah? I just watch it run. It's just fast. <laughs> yeah. That's where we're watching the animals do what they do. I'd much rather watch an animal mm-hmm. run or waddle or do something interesting or be dumb or use their feet like hands than a panda who just sits there and eats and sleeps. I could, you know what I could do? I could sit there and eat and sleep myself. 
and film myself and be like, hey, it's just like watching a panda. I can't do what I can't do anything with the other animal. I can't run as fast as a cheetah or jump out of the water through a hoop like a dolphin or be as stupid as a dog. You really, you're really pushing hard on this. The dog is stupid, and this is why I want to watch it anymore, aren't you? It, it, it's baffling to me. And I'm, and I'm kind haven't of you, stuck Haven't with you ever it. watched a sitcom? You have the dumb comic relief character because it's funny when someone's stupid. It's yeah, a really sure. vital part. Of but if they, if, they, if they made a fucking show just around the dumb guy for comic relief, you'd turn that shit off after 30 seconds. It'd get old fast. Very, very fast. It's not, it's not a standalone event. I'm sorry to break it to you. The dog is not a standalone event either. Uh, when it comes to just like sure watching it. No, it's not. Get out of here. And, well, when uh, you have a room of all the also, dumb comic relief characters hanging out together at the dog park, what then? Just, it gets huh? extremely old very fast. And, and and the pandas, for the record, they are not replaceable. All right? They've got the cute factor, which you fail to consider as well. So, which you I even thought you were going to say that penguins. I failed to meet it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I could have gone with that. I could, I could, yeah, I could have thrown you into the fire like that. Uh, I, I decided <laughs> to end the episode on a nicer note, though. But uh, oh, I'm just saying I failed to consider panda's cuteness. Exactly, okay. which you did. Well, well, I whatever. That's what I say. They're still boring. They're still boring. They just sit there. They don't do anything. Or even if you know. Pandas were as cute as penguins, which they decidedly aren't. Penguins are much more active and fascinating than the panda bear. Anyway, uh, the poll for this will be up later this week. Uh, we're coming up on, I think, the first anniversary of this draft segment. Um, it was near the end of February, I think, we did the first one, which was Letters to the Alphabet. Um, yep. We... I we it tends to be pretty easy to come up with ideas for these things. Just think for like a minute, and usually we end up with a pretty good idea. One of us. Uh, so I think this was probably gonna keep going because it's pretty fun, even though it does get contentious from time to time, and we have uh, extremely passionate arguments that lead to us not speaking to one another for several days. I'm kidding. <laughs> that doesn't actually happen. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this yeah. week's episode of Fusion and Hockey Podcast. Did you have anything to add on my? On my funny joke. No, 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 I got nothing. It's it's uh, it's a segment that has a lot of bang for your buck. I gotta say, so mm-hmm. yeah, I'm I'm all for this. They, even despite the uh, the wall of silence that that follows these episodes, it's okay. It's <laughs> only it's only once every <laughs> right. three weeks. Mm-hmm. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at Fusion and Hockey Podcast, where the poll will be up on our story later in the week. You can follow us each on Twitter at Alex's new handle or at Alex's Tysafe. At Taisefu and or I should say, not just or. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, a trivia segment. And what what team do we want to talk about? I you know I was feeling I don't know I actually haven't looked at their schedule, but uh you know we got a taste of that Nashville team this week, and I want to see why they're doing so well because you know what the hell's going on there. All right, sure. What do you oh, think? They're playing Monday and Tuesday, uh, so looks like it's shaping up, and Thursday as well. Um, so we've got at least three games. All right, so we got another four-game week in Nashville. I know Matt Duchesne's having a, kind of a resurgence. We'll see what else is going on there. Next week we'll be talking about Nashville. We'll be doing trivia and talking about uh, whatever other hockey news occurs. The end. The end.